0: Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host,
1: Leonard Birdsong.
0: Hello folks, this is Birdsong back with you on the radio again for another week. I'm here with my friend EJ, say hello to them folks. Hello EJ. Okay. Hello no, folks. No French today, huh? <laughs> no, pas, pas de jour. Okay. She's not going to speak French for us today, she says. At any rate, we are here to talk about the stories of the week, some good, bad, and ugly stories. Not a lot of political stuff, but stuff that's out in the news, stuff you may have heard about, and we want to give us your opinion. Of course, there will be some dumb criminal law stories and some riddles, and I even have some words of wisdom from Steve Harvey. Let's start with the good. There wasn't a lot of good this week, folks, as far as I'm concerned. However, there is a story that says, a note, we don't tip terrorists, gets one diner banned. Now, as you know, last week we talked about some bigots who call police on people of color, when they were doing nothing illegal, and the police turned the tables on the harassers or in the bigots and says, we're not going to do anything. We're going to arrest you if you keep up this kind of harassment. Here's a variation on that kind of story. The bill was $108.73. His tip, zero. Why so? Well, the customers apparently made sure to let Khalil Kavil. No, they circled his name, printed on the receipt, and wrote, quote, We don't tip terrorists. Now, this fellow, Caville is 20 years old. He's half black, half white, and he's a server at a restaurant in Texas. He uh, is a Christian. He's not a Muslim, and he plans to pursue a degree in theology. He tells us that Khalil was the name of his father's friend, his best friend, who had died in an accident before he the kid was born. His father had thought about that friend a lot and said he liked the name, which means friend in Arabic. Now, what happened is, is that they didn't tip, and he wrote a Facebook page post about this, but he's not mad. He just says that you can't judge a book by its cover. He lives in Odessa, Texas, and uh He said that he knows there's still bias and prejudice, but I'm not blaming them. I just think that you shouldn't judge a book by the cover. And he's gotten lots of hits on his Facebook page and a lot of comments, 8,000 comments, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, some supporters have since found ways to send him money to make up for the tip he didn't receive. He says the money's good, but he's not really looking for money. He wants to do good, and he wants to end bigotry. Mr. Khalil Kavil has spent two years at the Odessa College and will soon move on to Dallas where he will study theology at Dallas Baptist University, says his mother. Now what happened is that the owner of the restaurant – name of the restaurant is the Saltgrass Steakhouse in Odessa, where Cavill works. He says that we know the name of the person who did this, who wrote We Don't Tip Terrorist. We know that person's name from his credit card or her credit card, and that person is now banned from the restaurant. I think that is good news.
1: So do Miss I. EJ. So do I. That's sad because that meant that with all the food that he brought to that table, they never spoke to him. They never asked about his interests. They didn't ask about whether he was pursuing some education. They weren't friendly with him. Uh, there, they would have otherwise heard about his. Uh, educational pursuits and his what he was, wanted to pursue um, in the way of theology—that
0: wasn't very Christian of them. Not very Christian at all. But now you have your own story about something like this.
1: Well, it just remind—it reminded me of a program that you all may may watch called "What Would You Do." Just recently, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a program. It wasn't about um, accusing someone of being a terrorist, but it was an example of someone who was um, a woman server who indicated that she was uh, married to another woman. So it was same-sex marriage issue. And the couple chose to uh, not tip her. And it said because they don't support gay marriage. And you, what you had was uh, people in the uh, restaurant expressing their views because the people were vocal about it, um, expressing their views to her, criticizing her way of life, um, as opposed to tipping her based on the kind of service that she provided them. So question you everyone should ask themselves is what would you do in the situation we that you, Birdsong, just read?
0: What would you do? As a matter of fact, don't judge the book by its cover just because it's an Arabic name or just because Sorry. it's a woman married to another woman, which is legal. Don't jump to conclusions.
1: Yeah, if, a, if a black person said their name was... Um, George uh,
0: George Washington?
1: George Washington, are you going? You're not going to assume that he's rela- That they're related to him, or if their names are um, Flanagan or O'Shaughnessy, do you assume the black person is Irish?
0: Probably not, but those so, names are Irish.
1: Exactly. So don't assume anybody don't,
0: else. Don't judge a book by, by its cover. cover. All right. Well, that's the good. There was not much good this week as far as I'm concerned in the news. We move on to the bad. We all know that there has been an indictment issued against Maria Butina.
1: Okay.
0: well, what is an indictment? Well, I'm glad you asked. An indictment is a charging document that comes out of a grand jury. That is investigated the possibility of wrongdoing. It's usually felony charges. This young lady, Maria Butina, is a Russian who's been in the United States studying at American University in Washington, D.C., but it appears that she is a spy. She has been indicted on two counts. I have the indictment here. Some indictments are long and I don't try to read anything on the air, but I have one here. This is not that long. She's charged with two counts of criminal violations. The first is a conspiracy. It's called a three seventy one conspiracy. If she were found guilty of this at trial, she could serve ten year five years in prison. She is also charged with a second charge of being a foreign agent who has not registered with the Attorney General of the United States. If she is convicted of that, she can get 10 years in prison. Now, the conspiracy is, is that she has come to the United States and did knowingly combine, conspire, and confederate and agree together with each other to commit offenses against the United States. What were the objects of this conspiracy? to act in the United States as an agent of a foreign government, that government being the Russian Federation. She was to exploit personal connections with the U.S. persons having influence in American politics in an effort to advance the interest of the Russian Federation without notification to our Attorney General. And her job was to infiltrate organizations active in American politics in an effort to advance the russian federation so who would she conspire with well she conspired with a russian whose name is not in the indictment but who i think we know who he is she also conspired with an american a gop that is a republican party strategist who's quite older than her she's 29 years old she started an organization in russia called gun rights for russians which to me is the phoniest thing I've ever heard because Russians don't have gun rights. There's no Second Amendment. And Mr. Putin doesn't want people being armed against his government. However, she's come to the United States and she's become a big, what you say, person in the NRA, the National Rifle Association. As a matter of fact, the National Rifle Association put $30 million into Trump's election for president Many think of much of the money came from a Russia who wanted to see him win. But in this indictment, this is uh, something that people thought might happen. She was a good student at American University, but she took the side of Russia in class discussions, and she downed the United States. She had a telephone cover for her her cell phone that had a photograph of Putin bare bare chested riding a horse. Oh, no. <laughs> she would bring that to class with her. Um, she was arrested after she got her two days after she got her diploma for getting a master's degree at American University. The FBI had her under surveillance for some time. She was arrested, hauled off to jail, and brought before a magistrate who did not give her bail. That is, she is being held in the D.C. jail. That, that uh, person, that uh, magistrate judge is Deborah Robinson, a lady that I know well, because we served together in the U.S. Attorney's Office way back in the 1980s. She's been on the bench in Washington for a while. She doesn't take any foolishness. This Miss Butina needs to be in jail and held there without bail until her trial. Do you know why, folks? The reason being is that there is a Russian embassy in Washington, D.C. If she could get to that embassy and go in, we could never touch her. If there was a person in an embassy car for Russia driving around the streets and she happened to be stopped and they picked her up, We could not go into that car. There are certain things in international law that you cannot do with foreign people on soil when they commit crimes. And the embassy is considered to be Russian soil, right? That's right. There's a concept called extraterritoriality. Our American embassy in Russia is considered a part of the United States, and Russians cannot enter unless we invite them. Their embassy and consulates here in the United States... Are considered parts of Russia, even their cars. So the bad news is, is that we found a spy. We have her in jail. She, uh, is indicted on two counts and we hope we go to trial and find her guilty. There are too many Russians popping, popping up that are trying to do things to undermine our government. This is Birdsong. Stick with us. Uh, there's more to come. I'm here with EJ. on back with you. I'm here with EJ. We're talking about some of the news of the week. Not all the news, but the news that we want to talk about. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good was the young man in Odessa, Texas, who was at a steakhouse who didn't get a tip because people thought he was a terrorist because his name was Khalil. And the manager of the restaurant now will not let this person eat at the restaurant again. He was banned. That's what you get for thinking. The bad was we have another Russian spy, Maria Butina, who went to American University, got a master's degree in international matters, but was arrested two days after her graduation is now being held on a two-count indictment at the D.C. jail without bond. Let's go on to the ugly
1: to say also though we're probably growing Russian spies because of the Russian women who come here and give birth and Trump provided what condos that's right so that they could come here and do that people are so busy complaining about Hispanics and people from South from Mexico and South America coming here over the border or what did they call them? Baby um, anchor babies Anchor babies. Meanwhile, Russians are coming here and doing the exact same thing. And Trump is providing
0: housing for them in Florida, but they go back, they go back to Russia and their babies have passports because they're born as American citizens. The Russians do it. The Germans do it. The Chinese do it. And yes, they, they usually do go back to their home countries. However,
1: They get access to schools as citizens. That's
0: That's exactly right.
1: Well, Caribbeans do it too, but people are complaining about that.
0: Well, of course. However, that's the way our system is. Legally, rather, you can come to the United States. These people come with visas. And if they just happen to be pregnant and a baby is born while they're in the United States, that baby has American citizenship.
1: Well, you can come here as and, a visitor. I'm going to Disney, but you're eight months pregnant and you stay for a month.
0: Oops, the baby is born in the U.S. They usually don't come at eight months. They usually come six and seven months. And I seven. know as a consular officer, I used to issue some of the visas to those women, not in Russia, but in Germany. Uh-huh. Let us move on, E.J. Let's talk about the ugly because I I want to talk about this story for the week. It comes from Branson, Missouri, and everyone has heard about it. The Coleman family had initially thought of going to Florida for their annual vacation, but the drive was too far, too long, because some elderly relatives who wanted to join couldn't stay in the car that long. Instead, they settled for going to Branson, which is a southwestern Missouri resort city about seven hours away from their home in Indianapolis. They rented a van, and last Tuesday, the family of 11, spanning three generations, headed out on the midsummer journey. Two days later, they got into what's known as an amphibious duck boat for a seven seventy minute guided tour around a picturesque Ozarks lake. We know the story from there. A storm came up. Tia Coleman said the boat, was taking on water. Nine people in her family died, drowned. So sad. She was a survivor. Her husband died. Her three children, ages nine, seven, and one, they died. No one had on life preservers or life-saving jackets because when they got on the boat and before they started, the captain said, the captain informed the 29 passengers aboard that there were life jackets above them, but said they didn't need to wear them. It didn't take long before a storm came up. The boat was swamped with water. Ms. Coleman, who's 34, she did survive, also her 13-year-old nephew. They're only two survivors from the family that came to Branson. Now, I understand that the owner of the boat company will pay for the funerals of the deceased. We also understand that there's been a GoFund, what do you you call it, GoFund raising of money, $6,000 to help out the families. However, the legal side of this, and I don't do much or didn't do much civil law in my time practicing, I think there are going to be a whole slew of wrongful death stories. This sounds like negligence. It's negligence. The captain says there are life jackets. jackets above you, but you don't need to put them on. Foolish, foolish, foolish. Not ten minutes later, the boat is swamped with water and they're drowning. Such a sad story. Now, it
1: is sad because when you go fly in an airplane, whether the weather is good or bad, they walk you through all the safety procedures um, routinely, taking down the oxygen, how to do it. We're always hearing about take care of yourself first before you take care of your children. But they take it very seriously. Why wouldn't this boat company have them, uh, do the same thing? Show them how they work. Um, tell them, they can say they may, they won't need them, but this is what, what, what you should do in the case that you, that you can, and then you can take care of yourself.
0: Well, let me tell you a little bit more about these duck boats. What you say is, is, is germane. The duck boats were created in World War II to be a part of the Norman landing. They needed a craft that could put soldiers in, lots of soldiers, up to like 60 or 70 of them, that it could leave the ship out in the Atlantic Ocean and float on them with a motor to the sand, to the beach. And once it got on the beach, it could ride on the sand. That's why they call it a duck boat. However, the original duck boats had no covers. They were open boats. The soldiers would be in there in their helmets, if the boat sank, maybe they could swim to shore, but the buck, the duck boat in Branson, Missouri had a canopy on top. And that was what made it a death. Death trap? A death trap. That is the word I'm trying to get out. It was a death trap. What happened is that with the canopy, there was only one way out and that was out of the back of the boat. But people were sloshing around in the water, and the water's coming in. There was a...
1: I think this woman, Tia, was in the front of the
0: boat. But she doesn't even know how she got out. We learned that a private inspector says he warned a Missouri duck boat, this company, that design flaws in their amphibious watercraft made them prone to sinking in bad water, or bad weather, I'm sorry, in bad weather, when there is a choppy water. Now, this fellow wrote a report and they didn't do anything about it. This sounds like a negligence. There will be, I pres, I think there are going to be quite a few wrongful death cases and I think that the clients will win.
1: Well, let's hope they have a lot of insurance.
0: <laughs> well, we do. And even if they don't have insurance, you can still bring charges, civil charges for recklessness, for negligence. There is, and I was looking at the federal rules of evidence that remind us that even if the boat owners furnish money or medical expenses or hospital expenses, this in itself does not prove liability. So you can still sue. This is ugly. It's bad. It's not the kind of political news we often talk about, but be careful about duck boats. 40 people have died now in duck boats since the year 1999. This is bird song. I'm I going to say don't
1: give up your responsibility to take care of your family. I, they should have had those, those jackets on the children regardless. You tell me I don't need them. Fine, I'm put, I want them anyway. Put them on your children to, to protect yourself. Don't assume that, you know, don't give up your right to, to, to preserve your life.
0: I just say stay off of duck boats for a while, well, any, particularly you know, duck boats that have canopies over them.
1: Well, if you don't know how to swim, if you get on a boat, <laughs> and it's as small as this boat is, put on your life jacket.
0: Amen. All right, this is Bert Song here with EJ. We've been talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news. We're going to come back and lighten the mood a little bit with some dumb criminal law stories. Stick with us. This is Bert Song. Love to be here with you. we back with you. Got my friend EJ by my side. We've been talking about some of the news of the week. Not political news this time so much, but the good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugliest being all the people who drowned in Branson, Missouri, in that duck boat accident. There are going to be a lot of lawsuits. But let's lighten the mood here and let's look at some dumb criminal law stories. You know, I collect these stories and have been collecting them for years. I started it for my law students that I taught to keep them interested in criminal law, which I used to teach. This first story, it just happens to come from Missouri. The headline, hey, where's the beef? Bertong back with you. Got my friend EJ by my side. We've been talking about some of the news of the week, not political news this time so much, but the good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugliest being all the people who drowned in Branson, Missouri, in that duck boat accident. There are going to be a lot of lawsuits. But let's lighten the mood here and let's look at some dumb criminal law stories. You know, I collect these stories and have been collecting them for years. I started it for my law students that I taught keep them interested in criminal law, which I used to teach. This first story, it just happens to come from Missouri. The headline? Hey, where's the beef? A thief has been swiping cuts of meat from St. Louis restaurants. We learn that the beef bandit has already hit two area eateries since January 2018, including the Salt Plus Smoke barbecue restaurant twice. At that barbecue restaurant, the bandit stole the meat right out of the smoker. Police describe the man as a six-foot-tall man who's in his 40s with a brown mustache and a beard. Hey, where's the beef? He's stolen it already. <laughs> All right, our next story comes from New York. She picked the wrong drive through window, says the headline. Her name, Elizabeth Ildefonso, 44. Was jailed when she tried to order a breakfast sandwich from a security booth at a Long Island jail. Miss Ildefonso requested a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich from a deputy at the Riverhead Correctional Facility, according to police. <laughs> the deputy explained it wasn't a drive-in or drive-through restaurant. Then they allegedly noticed white powder under her nose. She was charged with driving while impaired. She picked the wrong drive through window. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next story is from Oregon. This was a real contempt of court, says the headline. A judge did $3,000 worth of damage to her own courtroom when she got locked inside and tried to bust out using a bench. The judge, Susie Norby, damaged marble work that framed the courtroom exit and was finally freed when a passing guard realized she was trapped. We learn that the county is paying for the repairs, but this was a real contempt of court. The judge (laughs) causing $3,000 worth of damage to her own courtroom. Oh my, my, my. my You know, EJ, people once thought that I should become a judge in Washington, D.C.
1: Is that right?
0: Yeah, I couldn't do it. It's too slow for me. I don't want to be a judge. I couldn't have fun on the radio. (laughs) Here's a story from Tennessee. Headline, low-speed chase. An energetic elderly woman led police on a low-speed chase by zipping onto a busy highway in her mobility scooter. The woman, who appeared to (laughs) be in her 80s, blew through a red light and rolled through an intersection before merging into Interstate 55 in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh my goodness. Where she was eventually stopped by police. Police report that her geriatric scooter was decked out with a flower and an oxygen tank. <laughs> <laughs> Low speed chase. Okay. Oh
1: my goodness. That's
0: funny. a story from Texas. A wild Airbnb party. Says the headline, a young man who threw a party that resulted in $18,000 in damage to the Airbnb rental had the gall to leave a three-star rating. (laughs) Chelsea McGovern's San Antonio home was left littered with broken glass and urine-soaked sheets after the unidentified guest spent one night there with hundreds of friends and complained that his host was difficult to reach. Airbnb, huh? Difficult to reach. Wonder What kind of party? Broken glass and urine-soaked sheets? My God, what was going on at that place?
1: Obviously a drunken
0: party. <laughs> Here's a story from the United Kingdom. The headline, Was it missionary or doggy-style sex? A man was captured on surveillance video having sex with a motorcycle in what appeared to be an empty showroom the video clip of the tryst uploaded to LiveLeak a London-based video sharing site was viewed more than 54,000 times in the first 24 hours no arrest has been made yet was it missionary or doggy style sex <laughs> <laughs> These stories never go away, folks. They come from all over the world, and they're all true. This, this next...
1: is a shocked look on my face. I couldn't. <coughs> I had no words.
0: Well, not many people have sex with a motorcycle, I'll tell you that.
1: Hmm? Was, it, a... was it turned on?
0: I don't know. I just don't know. It may have been turned on one way or the other. This story comes from Argentina. The headline.
1: The motor running.
0: The old dog ate our homework excuse, maybe. We learned that eight police officers in this South American country were fired after they claimed that more than half a ton of marijuana missing from a police warehouse had been eaten by mice. During an inspection of the 13,227 pounds of impounded drugs, only 12,037 pounds were found. Authorities said this. And if they were mice, they must have been very big mice. How about this one from Australia? Headline. Oh, Poot. A judge's rule that repeatedly farting on someone is not bullying. Victoria Supreme Court Judge Rita Zammit issued the ruling in March of this year following an 18-day trial at which David Hinks claimed that his work supervisor, Greg Short, would regularly lift his bum and fart on him. What? Oh, poot.
1: <laughs> and so he he reported him to the police?
0: I guess so. Let's see. A judge has ruled that farting on someone is not I guess bullying. So. Uh-huh. There was an 18-day trial at 18 which days. David Hinks claimed that his work supervisor, Greg Short, would regularly lift his bum and fart on him. You know, in Australia, they That's call so, you behind a bum.
1: That sounds like what Peter does to Meg on The Family Guy all the
0: time.
1: <laughs> his, what he does to his daughter.
0: All right. Here's a story from Brazil. Brazil. We call it Brazil. They call it Brazil. The headline, This play went all to hell. This play went all to hell. A man at Easter time attacked a soldier during a Passion of Christ play, shouting that he, quote, wouldn't let Jesus die. A video of the event in Nova Hearts, Brazil, shows the actor playing a Roman soldier stabbing the Messiah side with a spear. That's when the audience member jumped on stage and hit the actor on the back of his head. <laughs> With what appeared to be a costume helmet. Our last story for the day. The headline stinky. The headline just says stinky. In April 2018, Los Angeles police gave citations to 21 businesses peddling counterfeit makeup. Some of it contaminated by feces, officials said. Quote The major task force hit 21 locations in LA Fashion District and net $700,000 in counterfeit cosmetics. That's $700,000 in counterfeit cosmetics found to contain bacteria and human waste, wrote the Los Angeles Police Department Captain Mark Rena in a tweet. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your dumb criminal law stories for the week. If you want to read more of them, you can go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. You'll see some of these stories. They never go away. They're all true. Right now, we've got three riddles for you. First riddle, EJ. What is it called when rain... Nope. What is it called when it rains chicken... chickens and ducks? Let's start that over. Riddle number one. What is it called when it rains chickens and ducks? Let me
1: Can I come up
0: with one? Well, at the end of the story, or the end of the program, rather, I'll tell you the answers. Let's see if you get it right. Uh, It's not time to think about it right now. Don't tell me now. Okay. The second riddle. What What do penguins wear for hats? What do penguins wear for hats? That's the second. I
1: don't
0: know. Okay. Well, think about it. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Okay. Finally... Our third riddle of the day. Gourmet chickens make what? Gourmet chickens make what? We'll come back with the answers to those riddles and a thought for the day, and I have a little story for you. Let's stick with us. We need to take a pause for the cause. This is Birdsong. Stick with us, we'll be back. still here with you near the end of the show. Here with EJ, we've been talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly news of the week. We uh, read some dumb criminal law stories and some riddles. We'll come back with the answers to the riddles at the end. Right now, let me just say that I have a colleague by the name of Bill Davidson who, over the years, has sent me inspirational things about leadership and life. He sent me one. Lately, not too long ago, it is Words of Wisdom from Steve Harvey. You know, Steve Harvey is all over the television. That family feud is every time I turn it on we see someone. But they're they're funny shows, and he's a funny guy. But he also is an author. He's written several books. Here's something from one of his books I'm going to read to you. Listen. Steve Harvey writes, you have to see it to believe it. Nothing is more disappointing than hearing people filled with big dreams, but without goals or visions to make them a reality. Having a vision comes down to one thing. Do you know where you want to go? You have to be clear about your vision because it will drive everything else you do. Steve Harvey continues, Albert Einstein once stated, Quote, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Your imagination is everything. If you focus, or if your focus is on where you are right now, then you will be there forever. Until you change your focus and elevate your imagination, your present situation will define you. If your imagination is everything, we have to start by changing how we view the coming attractions. No matter how much we achieve, We have to keep pushing our imagination. Back in 2001, one of the things I really wanted was my own plane, says Steve Hardy. He then goes on, Tyler Perry had the exact plane that I wanted, so I reached out to him to get the interior sketches for his plane. I immediately showed the pictures to one of my partners. And then he says, I'm never flying in a commercial plane domestically again. Now, it may not be your vision to fly privately, but why not create a vision to fly first class? Get out of your comfort zone and treat yourself to a first class ticket for your next business trip or vacation. Once you experience first class, keep up the work to make that your regular reality. If you don't think any higher of yourself, why should anyone else? Now, don't get stuck on the airline analogy, says Steve. If flying privately or first class isn't important to you, that's okay. Your interpretation of first class may be different. First class may simply be achieving the financial wherewithal to take a vacation once a year, especially as you haven't been on, if you haven't been on a vacation in years. But what about having a first class vision for your life? What about providing a first class education for your children? What about creating a first class business? a first-class appearance. You cannot get into the first-class life if your imagination will allow you to see only visions of flying coach. This comes from Steve Harvey. His book, Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success, written by Steve Harvey. Thanks, Bill Davidson, for sending it to me. I've broadcasted to the rest of the world, just like you want me to do. All right, EJ, we're near the end of the show now. I have some riddles here. I know you thought about them. The first one I know you thought about. I'll ask you again, what is called or what is it called when it rains chickens and ducks? You've heard it raining dogs and cats. Right. So what is it called when it rains chickens and ducks?
1: I'll say foul weather.
0: That's exactly right. Foul weather when it's called that's what it's called when it rains chicken and ducks. I finally got one. And follows of course, the F-O-W-L. Right. <laughs> All right, the next one. Glad you got that. See, I told you they're not that hard. <laughs> next riddle. What do penguins wear for hats? What do penguins wear for hats? They wear? I have no clue. They wear ice caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, here's the final one for the day. What do gourmet chickens make? What do gourmet chickens make? That's a hard one, isn't it? I don't know. I
1: haven't thought about it. I was trying to think of dishes.
0: Well, gourmet chickens make dinner from scratch. (laughs) 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 Chicken
1: Uh, scratch. Chicken
0: (laughs) scratch. That's right. You got it. Okay. Let's go now to my thought for the week, something I want you to think about, something that may make your life a little better. Here it is. Life asks us to make measurable progress in reasonable time. That's why they make those fourth grade chairs so small. Life asks us to make measurable progress in reasonable time. That's why they make those fourth-grade chairs so small. You heard it from Birdsong. Think about it. It's been great being with you, great being with EJ on the radio. Listen to us again next week. You'll have more news and entertainment from you, or for you, not from you, for you. This is Birdsong. I'm out.